Hello and welcome to podcast number two of Roll Out the Barrel, the podcast for UK-based Milwaukee Brewers fans. Clearly not just for UK-based fans. We spread our love across the pond and we know that uh, you guys in the States listening too, which is fantastic. Uh, hope you're all well in these strange times. Uh, I'm Sean, you can find me on Twitter at Haders here. And joining me, of course, is at UK Brew Crew, Mark. How are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. I'm very good, mate. Uh, how, how are you coping in this day and age? <laughs> well, these are strange times, aren't they? Strange they times, bit, indeed. We want to say up front that this is definitely not uh, a podcast about the coronavirus. Neither of us are medical practitioners. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, but, you know, we can't not just mention it, I suppose, at the start. And, and we're going to go into really how it's going to affect the baseball season uh, going forward. So it's it's weird, isn't it? It, it? it feels like we're all trapped in some kind of science fiction uh, or horror movie. It's a bit strange, yeah. really. It's a little bit surreal you know i don't think any of us have ever not been told to go outside as much and and you know like we said this is about keeping the tempo up but keeping it light-hearted everyone knows what coronavirus is we're not going to talk about it uh, anymore throughout this podcast we will mention how it's going to affect possibly the upcoming baseball season which is uh, far more the kind of thing that we want to talk about what about keeping the energy up and we're about uh, you know helping people people to get through this and i posted something on twitter the other day and it was Basically, along the lines of, well, if we can't watch baseball, let's talk about baseball. You know, it, it's a second best, but, you know, it's, it's all we can do at the moment, yeah? So we've actually got uh, a lot on the show today. Um, we've done a little bit about COVID-19. Let's draw a line under that. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how we see the delays to the season. We'd be interested to hear how, how other people think that might play out as we go through the year. We'll talk about the rule changes for the up-and-coming season. We're then going to look at the 26-man roster. Uh, then we're going to play Top Trumps. We mentioned on the first podcast that we were doing this Brewers Through the Ages Top Trumps. We're going to have our first innings today. And then uh, some feedback from you amazing listeners out there who have sent us some nice tweets and some comments. And yeah, we'll just be giving a shout out to you guys and reading some of those tweets, which we're gratefully received. So thank you for that. OK, so the season. It certainly isn't going to start on time. That's the understatement of the year, I think. That's yeah, Mr. Exactly. Rock, Captain Obvious. Um <laughs> You'd, you'd be a fool to predict when it's going to start, I think. We don't have a crystal ball. Um, all the experts are talking about March, then April, then May, then June, and it just seems to go back with every single news uh, news broadcast that we hear. I know the romantics among the baseball community are talking of it starting on Memorial Day or even the 4th of July. What are your thoughts yeah. on what might see uh, might see some baseball again? The next few weeks are critical, really, aren't they, with the whole thing. I can't see us see, seeing any baseball before May, mainly because even when they do give the go-aheads, we still probably need to have some sort of spring training. So they'll, they'll need to have some practice games because you can't suddenly send your number one pitcher in to do however many innings without having had that pre-season. So, um, sure. so yeah, I mean, we're probably looking at even when they give a go-ahead of two or three weeks before we can get the season started anyway. So, mm. yeah, probably optimistically, if, you know, if we can get started by July would be probably be ideal but then do you have a full season do you have a shortened season do you play double headers you know there's going to be a big fixture congestion or it's, it's a difficult yeah, one isn't it it's interesting isn't it I'm sure when if you look in the, the rules of the game somewhere there will be some rule around how many games must be played to constitute a season i don't know what that number is but there's lots and lots of people talking either on twitter or various podcasts or in the media uh, about all the things that could possibly play out one of the interesting ones for me was that shorter season i mean 
there are some advocates out there who think baseball's 162-game regular season is too long anyway. But, uh, I mean, I personally don't agree with that. Um, some people want 100, 120 games. I, I can't think for a minute why you want a shorter season, but would a 100-game season be a fair reflection on, on, on a team? And if somebody won the World Series having played 100 games, do you still think it would be fair to say that they were the, the genuine champions? Baseball's had shortened seasons before. It had the uh, the players' strike, didn't it? In whichever year it was, can't remember. Nineteen eighty-one, I think it was. Yeah. Just, before the, just before the World Series. For yes, us. that's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, and that was only a hundred and forty odd, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, split over. It's basically a, a two parts of the season, wasn't it? I think the, the biggest problem with twenty twenty is is, is going to always have an asterisk next to it, isn't it? Because it's it's such a unique and unplanned kind of event that's happened. And it's probably unfortunate for, for teams like the Dodgers that have piled a lot of money in to, to get the squad to kind of compete with the World Series, you know, for the World Series this year. But at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? You know, and it probably gives smaller teams like Milwaukee a bit more of a chance now to actually uh, kind of maybe pinch a little bit of a better positioning that they may not have necessarily got on the 162-game season. So, mm. it's yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it, always it is, going yeah. to be coronavirus year, isn't it? It's regardless yeah. of what you say. So, um, I, I think you're right. And as you say, quite correctly, you know, if it's 100 games, if it's 80 games, whatever it is, uh, everyone's playing from the same level field, aren't they? So, yeah. The one, the one thing it does for us in the in the short term is it might give us a chance for a couple of our injuries to recover. We're probably not yeah. the only team in that boat. We're obviously, you know, Lewis Urias with his wrist injury. Uh, yeah. He's not going to quite make the start of the season, so he'll have a little longer to rest that. And and obviously Eric Lowe with his was his shoulder, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. He's on the injury list at the me. moment. So that you know that would be one one picture down on our rotation. Yeah. It, you know, it's not what we'd want. Of course, it's not, but. Silver lining and all that, it might give us a bit longer just for those guys yeah, to make a recovery. Exactly. I mean, would you rather have a shortened season or no season at all? I mean, I think the answer to that is, of course, we'd rather have a season, wouldn't we? So, of course. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. as long as we do get some baseball and, and we can start, I, th- I think it would probably make people start th- feeling a bit more normal again when uh, they can start attending games. So, yeah. Um, I think the effect and, of sport on people's lives can't be underestimated, can it? No, exactly, exactly. And, and we're seeing that throughout the world, aren't we? You know, there's no soccer, football, you know, everything's been cancelled. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's bizarre. If it was a shortened season, just thinking of various scenarios, would you just pick up the season from the date that you know, the commissioners say the season starts? And you just, you know, obviously there needs to be a period of spring training, obviously. So yeah. um, there's going to eat into another couple of weeks there. But do we just pick it up and the games we've lost are just lost and we carry on? Or, you know, the other option there is potentially is to just play more within the division. So yeah. logistically, there's not so much travelling. And, you know, that's an option. I, I haven't thought that one through. I don't know how the maths works on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think the um, the one thing that would be really tif- difficult to take is if they were to just say the season starts from whatever date it is, because um, the divisional games are, are so influential, particularly in our division. You know, I mean, we we've got the likes of the Cubs and the Cards, who I think we would end up sort of losing the opportunity to play against them, and it's so detrimental to our season if we don't get to play those games because it's such a close division and we need to be playing mm. against each other. So I think if the season does start, preferably, from this is my own opinion, I think we need to have all of the divisional games regardless, and then we we kind of work out a way of playing the interdivisional and the interconference 
you need to be playing against the Cubs, the Cards, uh, the Pirates to sort your division out. And, you know, the bonus games are the playing the Dodgers, you know, going to the Astros or, or the Yankees. And for me, I think they have to look at the fixtures and, and how it works in order to make it a fairer season. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with that. They're the interesting games. They're the rivalry games. They're the ones the fans really want to see. Yeah, so I think I think absolutely. I'm sure that there's people thinking along those lines as we speak, hopefully uh, trying to pull something out of, the, out of the flames for the rest of the season. On that very subject, I ran a, a short Twitter poll. Should we start the season earlier and play behind closed doors? Just start getting some baseball being played? Or should we uh, wait until the crowds can come back in? Because uh, the crowds are they're certainly influential on the game. Um, but are they critical to the game? Now, at the moment, that Twitter poll stands as 78% of people saying, yes, let's start as soon as possible. and just Let's just start getting baseball back on TV. Uh, and 22% saying, no, uh, wait for the fans. The fans are critical. Yeah, I think... Um obviously to have something to actually pay attention to and distract you from what what's going on in the outside world so um, yeah I'm, I'm totally for it and I did actually vote on that um, that Twitter poll myself and I voted yes to get the season started as soon as possible um, so I think it's just a very complex issue it's uh, you know but it's a simple question I asked but I think when you when you look at it in detail it's quite it's quite complex really but we just want baseball back on TV don't we we just want to yeah, see those guys playing definitely definitely Okay then, so yeah, on to the changes, Mark, um, for the 2020 season. There's been a few banded around. Um, we've noted a few down here which caught our attention. There's probably a few of the smaller ones we haven't noted. Let's start with the, the three batter minimum rule, where any pitcher now has to face three different batsmen, uh, unless, of course, they get to the end of the innings first. So should speed, speed up the game, I think. Less changes. Might have a bit of an impact on the strategy of some managers, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, the reason why that I kind of uh, sighed when this when this rule change came in was because I was thinking back to the um, the NLCS against uh, the Dodgers, in which we didn't name a starting pitcher for quite a while. Uh, it was over in LA anyway, um, and we named Wade Miley as our starting pitcher late that day. So the Dodgers then set up their their batting to face a lefty pitcher and Wade Miley pitched and got the first out and then was brought off so <laughs> I, I kind of get I kind of get why they've done it so it stops people from from doing sneaky little things like that I thought it was genius by Craig Council for doing that um, yeah. and I did chuckle to myself over it but um yeah I kind of get why it would frustrate people I mean you build your teams on the starting pitches don't you and uh, you do but, but you know I like you just mentioned there and we both laugh I understand the reasoning for it it will speed it should speed up the game less pitching changes and all the you know the warm-ups that each pitcher has to go through etc but I, I quite liked uh, you know the the way Miley um example you just given there yeah it shows the strategy as well yeah, you know, the exactly. game is more than just throwing balls at each other and, and hitting yeah. balls out of ballparks, isn't it? And, yeah, when, when you, you know. look at it, you know, it, it's the, those sorts of things, those, you know, Craig Council kind of brings out of the Brewers that gives us a, the small market team a chance against the teams like the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it just, it, it kind of sticks my tongue a little bit that, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to make it so that you kind of can't do those things anymore. And, and I, yeah. I kind of get it, it's gamesmanship, isn't it? I think it's brilliant. It's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to Typical Craig Council, that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The tactic is brilliant. And, that, and like you say, it's typical Craig Council, but... Um, 
they keep saying about speeding up the game, speeding up the game. But we've been watching baseball for years. Do you want the game sped up? I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it the way it is, to be honest. You know? Yeah. Well, it's the instant society we live in. Everyone wants just wants it quick and, and now. I mean, there's, there's a second rule which kind of piggybacks off the back of that, I suppose. Or it's the same. Um, it's, it's around the speed of the game. And that's the, the challenge time on a play. It's yeah. only 30 seconds. And they're, they're reducing that to 20 seconds to make any any any, uh, any challenge. So, I mean, they're, they're literally in the in the realm of, of pinching seconds here. I mean, yeah, how many, exactly. How many challenges are made in any game? It's not a lot, is it, really? It, no, I... Yeah. Is that one being brought in because of the Astros, do you think? Or is that something completely off target? Because, you know, it gives you less... Because it gives you less time to be able to, to analyse and, and go back to the, the dugout to be able to, to change something going forward. I'm, I'm not accusing the Astros of anything. You know, we, we all know what's happened over the summer. And to be perfectly honest, I the rest know. of baseball <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of get they've got to, to slow down, the, uh, to speed up the time between plays so that those sorts of things can't happen. Yeah, you're talking seconds in a, in a game that, that should last three to three and a half hours. Mm, yeah, no, I, I agree. It, that, one, that one feels, unless there's another rule um, akin to what you just said there, that one feels a little bit... At the end of the day, if they want to speed the game up, I mean, we all know the amount of adverts there are in a leading game. <laughs> if you want well, to speed the game up, stop putting the, the adverts in there. <laughs> unfortunately, commerce rules, and there's exactly. no way there's exactly. no way that they're ever going to reduce the amount of exactly. adverts in the game. So, so they reduce the seconds between pitches and blah, blah, blah instead. So, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And I suppose, well, I suppose definitely the, the biggest uh, rule change this year is the roster size. Yeah. So this year for the regular season, they're increasing the roster from 25 to 26. But then into September, where we once had 40 players on the roster that's now going to be 28 with one additional pitcher so 13 pitchers in a 26 man roster for the regular season up to 14 pitchers in a 28 man roster uh, into september good or bad news for the brewers probably bad news for the brewers i would say with the uh, the way they use the bullpen we've said it before i think we said it last time didn't we that we we don't look at our starting pitchers to go seven eight innings we, we look at them to go four five uh, yeah. get a lead and then use our bullpen so yeah probably a little bit detrimental to us but you know that's that's the rules we've got to live with it haven't we and uh, yeah, Craig we Council have. has proven that he's not an idiot when it comes to these things and I'm sure he's got a little plan up his sleeve yeah and I think I mean our run last year at the end of the season was in no small part due to the fact that we had that expanded roster and we had a exactly you know I mean everybody had the same deep bullpens to choose from but ours just really worked I think it's going to be something for us, to, certainly when you, and I know we're going to go on to the roster in, in a minute, but when you look at our pitchers, uh, you look at our, our rotation specifically, we're going to really need to use that bullpen. We're going to have less op- less options to choose from. We've lost a couple of quality pitchers as well. So yeah. it's going to have an effect. I'm hoping this is not going to have a bigger effect on us than, than, than any other team, but um, our yeah. pitching is a bit of a source of worry for me this season anyway. Yeah, yeah, likewise. So it's, it's, it has been the, the source of worry for the last three seasons, really, hasn't it? Mm. You know, when you look at it, we've relied heavily on batting, and when the batting fails, we haven't had the pitching to to deal with it. So yeah, we just got to learn to deal with it. I think uh, we can't do much else about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's just interesting to understand the dynamic on the. I mean, they're going to have some some far and wide-reaching uh, consequences. These these rule changes. Let's see how they play out. The last one that I'm um, going to speak about was the. 
the injury list. So at the moment, there is a 10-day wait. So once you go onto the injury list, you're on it for a minimum of 10 days. That's been expanded now to 15. And again, I think that's to stop maybe some gamesmanship, giving people a rest, but putting them on the IL. Yeah, uh, so an extra again. five days there. So that, I think that might be a good one. Yeah, it's, it is a good one. But again, it, it also works to the detriment of the Brewers and the way they work. It's to stop abusing the fact that you can have a, a, a pitcher that isn't maybe performing quite so well. You can take him out, claim an injury, send him down, get him to work out on something and then, and then bring him back in again 10 days later when hopefully he's worked out what the problem is. Not that, of course, that ever happens. No, no, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's a lot of logic for the rule. You can see how that could be used uh, strategically by, yeah. um, by 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 team managers. And um, yeah, like I say, some of the, the, the main rule changes that we wanted to talk through, but it feels that it might make the game a bit cleaner, for want of a better expression. But I do feel personally that it might take away. Uh, I like that gamesmanship. I, I yeah. like the way people can bend and tweak the rules, you know, within the laws of the game to yeah, make obviously. it interesting. And I think it's going to reduce that a little bit and make the game maybe a little bit more sterile. So I'm not overly excited about the rule changes, but I do no, understand the logic that sits behind yeah, them. There's rule changes every year, isn't there? So, you know, we just get used to them and, and they become the norms. Okay. We'll continue. Well, baseball will continue. Baseball will continue. It certainly will. <laughs> and we'll see how these rule changes play out. Yeah. OK, then. So let's talk roster then, Mark. We've just mentioned one of the rule changes is that we're having a 26-man regular season roster this year. Let's uh, let's pretend we're Craig Council. Uh, let's pretend that we're uh, Mr. Stearns and we're going to uh, we're going to select our 26 players. So let's talk catcher. Well, I've gone for Omar uh, Nevarez. Um, I think because we've brought him in purely to replace Grandal or you know, the best available replacement for Grandel that we had. I think um, he's slightly better than, than Manny Pena, even if the uh, the figures may not necessarily say so. But I just yeah, I just get the feel that, that Council brought him in for a reason. He's going to yeah. choose him as his number one. Yeah, I, I, um, think, I think you're right. He's definitely brought him in to, 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 to fill a gap. My, my thoughts on that were a little bit different. I, I've gone for, for Manny Pena. One of the things when, when I was looking at the the roster um, was we talk about on base percentages and OPSs and slugging and all the good stuff, all, all the, you know, the home runs and that we love talking about the, the, um, the offensive statistics. I had a little look more at the defensive statistics. A lot of new players joining the, the, the team this year, as we, as we mentioned in the first podcast. And um, I was looking at the DRS statistic. Um, and I know me and you have spoke about this before. The DRS, this defensive runs saved statistic, I think is a real nice little succinct uh, statistic because it gives you a, a single number, which is based around a, a player's total defensive value. There was a really interesting podcast on this going back well, a few weeks ago now with the Backflips and Nerds guys. Oh, and, they, and they had the chap on whose name escapes me now, but he was instrumental in developing this, this metric which is really a combination of all of the standard metrics. Really. You've got you know, the stolen bases saved, yeah. the double plays saved, the bunt saved, the home runs saved, all the various um, defensive stats that we can we can look at. And they you sort of put them into their magic machine. And um, I'm not even going to pretend to explain how it works because I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't but this, magical num- <laughs> <laughs> this magical number drops out, uh, which is the DRS. And as I said, the beauty of it is it's a single number. So rather than trying to, to compare five or six stats to five or six stats, we can compare the one. And when I use that DRS statistic um, to look, uh, I found something a little bit surpri- surprising and a bit alarming. So 
we, it's well known that Manny Pena is a good defensive catcher, but not the best offensively. And I think most uh, Brewers would, would, would understand that. He's got an OPS of 724 uh, for last season, which isn't super bad, but it's not. Uh, it certainly isn't top of the shot. But his DRS was plus seven. So basically that means that we've saved seven runs by nature of him playing. A little bit similar to the war statistic. Yeah. But, but when you look at um, Omar Navarez, who... By the way, he doesn't make my roster, but as my as my reserve catcher, you know, he has an OPS of 7.95, so a little bit better. But his DRS is minus 18, and that's over 108. Uh, sorry, that's over 815 innings played last season. Now, that puts him second bottom in the whole of the MLB. The only one who's worse is Diaz at Pittsburgh with a minus 21. So when you look at his defensive, it's it's really really frightening. Yeah. You know, if, if we played in the American League, I'd be looking at him as a designated hitter, I think, this guy. Yeah, but, pretty much. But, but you're right, he's been bought in for his offence. So I've picked Manny Pena for that reason. You know, I'm going, I'm going with the uh, the DRS. And when you know what? When you look back at Grandal's DRS for last year, his was zero, which, just to give you an idea what that means, zero is average. A yeah. DRS of zero is the average average Joe. When you go into the minuses, they're costing your runs. Yeah. So minus five is below average. Anything below minus 15 is absolutely terrible. And the other way, a plus five is above average. And anything above fi- plus 15, you're in the gold glove territory. Yeah. Now, Yasmani Grandel last season, in just over a thousand innings for us, was zero. So he was he was an average catcher in terms of defense. But obviously, his OPS of 8.48 sort of <laughs> made yeah. him a first choice pick, and, and rightly exactly, so. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I've gone for Pena as catcher, but okay. Let's disagree yeah, well, on that one. But Well, I've gone for Pena as the backup. So, okay. yep. so we're, we're in the same region, aren't we? We know that those yep. two are going to be the mainstay of the, the catchers. Okay, first base. Who's your first choice at first base? Uh, so, well, I've gone for Smoke. Um, yep. And again, likewise, I think we lost Thames. Or Thames, sorry. Thames. Thames, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Not the English way. And, you know, obviously... We we needed a replacement first baseman. Uh, I know they're talking about kind of putting Ryan Braun over in first base in a bit of a platoon, um, yeah. but I think we needed somebody that was a bit more uh, used to being in first base. And I think looking at our squad, he's probably the one that has the most experience at first base. So yeah, uh, yeah I think regardless of any stats, I think he he needs to naturally fit into there as our first choice at the moment. Yeah, so oh, I've got an agreement on that. I've got Smoke, just in Smoke at first base. Um, I mean, he's a switch hitter, which gives us some nice options there with the bat as well. Yeah. Um, as you said, we haven't got Eric Thames anymore. I mean, he had a, he was a good first base. He was just above average. He had a DRS of plus two, which is decent. And his, AP, his OPS was 851. So we lost a good player there. I thought yeah. he was worth $7 million, but yeah, I did Stearns well. didn't. But then... He's he's one of my favourite players anyway. So, yeah, you know, no, I like. Him. I, th- I think the Nationals have got a good a good player there. Um, yeah, and again, Smoke defensively minus seven on the DRS from his time at Toronto oh, uh, last season, which is interesting. But I, I do agree with you. I think he's our natural first base choice. Um, yeah. But you know, just just some question marks and nervousness there over the the defensive stat. You know, stat- statistics are very cold, and you, to look at them in isolation can be dangerous. But yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, the int- the, I think the interesting con- comparison for me there was the nine the nine run swing from a plus two of Thames to a the minus seven for Smoke. Yeah. But 
it's, it's a new season and maybe so those numbers change. Going on your numbers at the moment, with Manny being plus seven and Smoke being minus seven, you're even at the moment, aren't you? So, <laughs> so you're doing all right. <laughs> there you go. I'm now an average team. I'm, I'm you are now average. Zero. Bang average. Okay. Yeah. I think we're going to agree on the next one, but let's go. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, second base, mate. Yeah, it can only be Keston here, can't it? I mean, yeah, he's obviously uh, been our top prospect for a while. It's going to be his first full season in the uh, in the majors. You've got to give him a go, really, haven't you? I know he's uh, defensively not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but hopefully with the game time that will come. Um, and I know that there was a couple of instances in uh, in the what we did have a spring training uh, where he still looked like he needed to do some work. But naturally, I think his his batting is is going to put him in there. So you know, yeah, uh, you again. Know what? He posted an OPS of, of 9.38 last year. It was just silly. You're right. He's always going to be in the team. He's he's going to hit the ball, and we we need that. Again, you're right. Defensively, the stats, the statistics boys have him at minus five, which puts him at well below average uh, defensively for a second base. I've gone with you, Mark. I've he's my second base choice for for, for the offensive reasons. Um, we do see errors from him quite regularly, and I think the stats yeah. do back that up. He must have been working on that in the close season, um, and I'm sure that. So I'm hoping that's going to get better. But what I have done, and you'll see as I go further down the roster, I've got some other better defensive options in potentially for second base as well, just in yeah. case we need to give him some time out to work on his game. So, um, but yeah, I agree. Second base, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Kess Daddy. Okay, okay, third base. Let's move around the diamond. Do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, yeah, you go for it. Okay. I've gone for Mr. Eric Sogard. Anybody who has a, a nicely coffeeered beard like he has is always <laughs> going to make my team. But yeah, I mean, left-hand batsman, he can play second base, third base and shortstop. So there's a, he's a genuine utility player. And I think this goes into that platoon theme as well that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. He's defensively bang average. He has a zero DRS for last season. Um, and at Tampa, he had a, an OPS of 731. Just a comparison there, really, against... And you know what? I'm not lamenting for the players that have gone. Mustakis was a great player for us, and uh, he's gone now. But when you compare him to Eric Sogard, Mustakis has the upper hand offensively. He has an 845 OPS, but his DRS was minus two. So, statistically, Sogard will be a better third-base player for us than Mike Mustakis, which surprised me a little bit, but delighted me as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is... This is what the Brewers do, isn't it? They look at these numbers and they run them mm-hmm. through their calculations and they say there's no reason why that shouldn't be a better fit for us than paying the Stuckers however many millions because yeah. you can guarantee that Eric Sogard is nowhere near that money. So, Absolutely. You know, and, He's a lot, lot less. And, yeah. and for, for a small market team, this is what we have to do, isn't it? It's the money ball situation. So, um, it is. So, it yeah, is. I mean, I, I agree with you, Eric Sogard's third base is is going to be a regular. I'm not necessarily sure he'll be first choice. Um, I think um, I've I've written down Ryan Healy now, mainly because he was, he was our only kind of real sort of first choice third baseman that we signed in the offseason to replace... Mustakas. So, yeah. looking at the rest of the players that we've got, not many other people are naturally a third base fit. So, uh, I've I've chosen Healy as as our first choice to begin with. Excellent. Okay. Well, you know what? The game's all about opinions, right? And, exactly. Uh, okay. Let, let's move to shortstop. Yeah, I've I had two names in for shortstop, 
Um, um, and the reason why I've gone this, I think the first choice is going to be Brock Holt. Um, okay. I think he, he's um, he's experienced. He was well liked at the Red Sox. He's a natural utility player, so he's uh, he's probably able to to help Keston Hero a bit. So I think he'll possibly be our first choice shortstop. And obviously with uh, Sogar being in the platoon for the third base, can also play at shortstop, can also play at second base. So I think um, that's why I've kind of put Sogard in the team, because he can cover those three positions. And I think Brock Holt would be more of a designated shortstop for us. Um, okay. And do you want to tell us who your, your, your choice yeah, is? Um... <laughs> I've been quite boring here and stuck with Orlando Arcea. Orlando Arcea. Um, he's he's a decent shortstop. He's above average. DRS is just above zero. It's, it's plus two, so it's not amazing. Um, uh, and just a you know a, a point on, on shortstops. When you think about where we are, um, we have so he has a plus two DRS. We have two of the best shortstops in our division. Unfortunately for us, you've got um, De Jong. And Javi Baez at the Cubs were both on the 26 DRS, which is the top, um, which is the best in the whole of the MLB. So it shows the chasm there between what we're saying is a pretty good shortstop to what is an absolute world-class shortstop. Um, You know, it's massive. Uh, I think they call Baez the magician, don't they? And uh, I know he's a Cub. I don't know. Yeah. With, with those numbers, I mean, you, 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 you can see why. But no, I've yeah, gone with exactly. Orlando. I was impressed with him in spring training. Yeah, he, was was good, him wasn't he? Yeah. he definitely was hitting them, wasn't he? He'd done something he was, to this swing. Yeah. So, um, and which and is that's, why, that's what tipped it. Mm. Yeah, which is why I, I kind of had him penciled down as probably my, my 26th man. So, you know, um, I, I definitely think there's something there. But I think, again, this is, this is probably his make-or-break season, isn't it? He needs yeah. to really kind of cement that shortstop position. Um, and show that he can produce like he was in spring training. Really, he can he can become the player that we believe he can be? Okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, there are there are far better shortstops out there, and um, yeah, he needs to to prove it this year. So yeah, I've gone okay. with him anyway. Okay, so we're going to go to the outfield now. Who have you got on the left? So left field is obviously is obviously going to be Christian Yelich. They they've quite um, they've basically said that's where he's going to play for the season. So. Yeah. Um, if he's fit and he's he's able to play, he's going to be there, isn't he? So um, there's yeah. pretty much no discussion there. Can um, I surprise you? I you agree. <laughs> really? <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, I've just, I've put a note here because he's Christian Yelich. That's yeah, the only reason you need. Pretty much. You don't need any other reason, do you? But, I mean, obviously, he was a right fielder last year, wasn't he? So that's his, his predominant position, which obviously gives cause to what's going to happen for, for Ryan Braun, who was the, the natural left fielder. The the left fielder is definitely going to be Yelich. The right Great. fielder... Again, I think I think we're pretty much cemented in these, aren't we? So right fielder, I think, is going to be Avisel Garcia, and the yeah. centre fielder is going to be Lorenzo Cain. There's there's no yeah. non-first choice out of any of those. It's just which of the roster spots do we take up having the backup, and and who is the backup for those three? Pretty much. Isn't yeah, Avisel Garcia. I mean, we've, we've, he's, we're paying him twenty million dollars for two seasons, so he's not yeah. sitting on the bench at that. No. Interesting with him uh, when you look at, at his stats. So in right field, that is naturally his better position. If you look at last season, he played 775 innings at right field with a DRS of plus three. So put him uh, him above average there. But he also played 94 innings in centre field where his his DRS slipped to minus one. So he naturally seems to be uh, happier at right field. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, as you say, Lorenzo Cain's made centre field his own. Well, you know, you, golden, you can't win a Golden Glove, glove and then not get picked for the roster, right? <laughs> exactly. And that was, I mean, that was the frustration with with Lorenzo Cain last year, wasn't it? In, in defence, he was absolutely amazing, wasn't he? Yeah. So I really hope that he can pick up his bat this year. Yeah. Um, because yeah. he's always going to be number one for my centre field. It's just whether he can get that bat going a little bit more than it than it happened to have last year. Yeah. Yeah, his OPS sat just below 700 last year, yeah. which, which wasn't great. Um, and he's better than that. We know he's better. Yeah, definitely is um, better. But then you look at his DRS, he had plus 22, which is second in the whole of the MLB, just right. sitting one behind Victor Robles for the Washington Nationals. So, really? okay. you know, absolute quality. Okay, yeah. so that's the top eight there. That's the positional players. Should we look yeah. at the rotation? Yeah. Okay, do you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. In no particular order, so we're picking five for the rotation. I've gone yep. Brett Anderson, left-hand pitcher. I, I do like the left-hand, right-hand combination. Um, yeah. Left-hand pitcher, very, very experienced campaigner. Ten years plus experience in the MLB. You look at his stats, not amazing, but he, he's, he's, he start, he's played 188 games and started 176. So he's a natural starter. His ERA sits just above four. Uh, and he's got about a 1,000 innings pitched under his belt. I just think that we need someone with that experience and hopefully yep. cool head this year yeah. um, because we may have some turbulent times on the mound, I think. Yeah, 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 likewise. So I've put him as, as one of my five. OK, moving on to the second arm in the rotation. I've gone Josh Lindblom. Again, you know, he feels like a little bit of a wild card, this guy. He, he spent yeah. the last few years in Korea. Yeah. Um, where Has his figures were good. Yeah, I was going to say he had some good numbers in career, but um, I don't know an awful lot about him. So. No, I don't. I think he's a bit of a gamble. He, he certainly yeah. joined the Brewers t- to be on the rotation. He's a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, his ERA out in career was 3.55, so it was reasonable. Yeah. Um, but in the when you look at his MLB experience before he went uh, out to career, 114 games, only six as a starter. Uh, with an ERA of just above four. So he's definitely a gamble. Um, but, yeah, I think he makes the rotation. And um, he's a bit of a wild card, but let's, yeah. let's see how he goes. Yeah, likewise, I, I've also chosen him as one of my five. Um, number three, I've picked Woody. You yeah. have to pick Woody, right? You have to, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, my, he was my number one, to be honest. But um, yeah. 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 Yeah, these are in no particular order. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think with him... Um, I mean, he's not an experienced player. Less than two years of MLB experience from him. But um, he's solid. You know, his his win-loss is... And I know that the win-loss stat can be a bit distorted, but his win-loss is 16-6. His ERA sits below four. He's just a solid player, and he's always going to give us a a good, solid start, I think, to any game. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. Um, I I think out of our five pitches, he's probably the one I'm the most happy with starting a a game as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with okay. you on that one. OK, my fourth arm, I've gone for Adrian Hauser. He's not going to scare Batsman. Uh, to be honest, I had a bit of a there's a bit of a toss-up between him and and, uh, and Freddie Peralta, and I weren't sure yeah. who to go with. But um, I picked Hauser because of, of the arms that were left, he was the most experienced. He's not yeah. a scary pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. He has, he has a pleasant ERA of 3.6, but I think, again, we're going to... There's certain arms we're going to need to turn to who we just need a solid performance from. Yeah. And I thought Hauser uh, was one of those arms. Yeah. Um, I I went uh, with Peralta for, for 
Hertha instead of Hauser. Um, uh, okay. Purely because of the the five year extension, I think they've done that purely to try and make him a, a starting five of the rotation. Um, yeah. I think they're going to try it and see how it goes. I mean, obviously it's all going to be a gamble, but um, it may well be that um, he gets put down to the minors for a little bit um, if it doesn't quite work out. But you know, you don't extend a contract for five years to not put them in in the prime of, of the game do you really interesting and then my final arm and again this it was either freddie peralta or this gentleman and i've i've gone with eric lower i was impressed with him on spring training another left-handed pitcher uh, era of 4.4 he's a starter again uh, of the 53 games he's played he started on 52 i was impressed in, with spring training and the reason i i chose him over freddie is I, I think i mentioned it in the first podcast for me, Peralta is an amazing powerhouse out of the pen. Um, I do think at some point, either this season or certainly going into next season, that Peralta will be on the rotation. He will start. I just don't know if it's this season. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what I've got, got Freddie in the pen at the though, moment. That's what the five-year contract gives him, though, isn't it? That that chance to, to earn that, that start yeah. or that position in the, in the five. My fifth choice was, was Laura as well, so... Um, Okay. Yeah, so it was only really the house of Peralta kind of debate, really, wasn't it, between those? Okay, yeah. So let's look at the bullpen then, Mark. I mean, I've got, <laughs> oh, got oh, eight, eight players here in the bullpen. I was going to say, yeah, we, we've, we've both got number one, or the first really, uh, <laughs> bullpen that we've got is uh, exactly the same, isn't it? Looking at that, your, your well, first choice and my first choice. was Josh Hader. Yes. Yeah, be, I mean, it? he's the best closer in the National League. He's a two-times All-Star. Um, I'm not even going to mention, I've actually forgotten the game against the the Nationals in the... Sorry, uh, sorry what game? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. The wild card game that never happened. For me, the guy couldn't do any, any wrong last year. I, I think he's worked on his game. He's, he's in my pen and he's going to close yeah, for me as often as possible. Yeah, exactly, same. Uh, I've got Corey Kniebel. Yeah, yeah. I, I also had a look at him and, and there was... Uh, that toss-up as to whether he could have gone into the five for the road, starting rotation as well, but yeah. I, again, likewise, have gone in the, in the bullpens. Uh, I think he's had Tommy John as knee, he so has, he yeah, needs. Yeah, he was out for the whole two thousand nineteen. So, so obviously, me. he needs to to work that arm back again. So I think that's why he's likely to be in the bullpen rather than the starter. So, but yeah, I wouldn't I'd be totally surprised if in a couple of years he's he's a starter. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. I think. Again, good picture. ERI sits just above three, three point one five, um, but didn't play at all last year. Recovering from Tommy John, I'm not sure you'd want him straight in the rotation yet. No, uh, hasn't started before actually. No, and that he's was the other twenty-four thing, games. So, yeah, so, yeah, he's yeah. yeah I'd, I'd noticed that that he'd mainly been what has only ever been used as a bullpen. Yeah, but. yeah. Okay, and then we have I, I then have Brent Suter. I think he's going to be a, a good arm out of the pen. I think he's going to be he's going to give us um, some stability. And I put here he's good for morale because he does a really good Jim Carrey impression. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. It's, uh, it's very good. <laughs> no, I haven't. But yeah, um, anybody that's good up on morale, YouTube, it's good, it's good for us, isn't it? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so. likewise, I I um, I knew that that Brent Suter was going to be. Uh, was going to be in there. Uh, he when he came back at the end of last year, he was um, he was pretty effective, wasn't he? So um, yeah, um, I, I yeah. think so. Yeah, his numbers and, are quite good actually. Yeah, he's also very quick at pitching, isn't he? I then chose Freddie Peralta. Obviously, he's in your rotation, but yeah. um, for the reasons stated, I just think he's great out the pen, and uh, yeah. that's where I'd have him at the moment. Yeah, and likewise, obviously, I'd, I've got Hauser in that place instead of Peralta. 
but you know, okay. much for muchness, really. I think so, yeah. Um, Corbin Burns next. Yeah, gone with Burns. Uh, uh, suffered with a lot of injury. Not that many. 2019, 32 games, four starts. His ERA was over eight, but I don't think yeah. we could uh, really take that into account. Um, no. So he's, again, someone coming back from injury. 2018, his ERA was 2.21 from 30 yeah. games. So you can see yeah, how it's swung in the, state, in the, in yeah, the, exactly, the space yeah. of one season. Um, yeah, and, but, and I think he's another one that we'll possibly be looking forward to get into that starting rotation to begin you know, in, in time. But it's coming back from injury, so he needs that time in the bullpen, really. Yeah, OK. Excellent. I think on Alex Claudio. Well, Claudio, yeah. Claudio. Claudio, um, I think it is, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. And, Likewise. and again, yeah. you know what, Mark? I've gone there with an experienced practitioner. Four years in the majors. Solid ERA of 330, uh, 3.38. 290 games under his belt. Again, I think we're going to need to be turning to people like him when yeah. the chips are down. Yeah, he, he looked pretty solid last year. I was happy to put him in as well. And also gives us another left hand as well, doesn't he, looking at it? It does. So, yeah. yeah. I do love that left-right-hand combination. It's, uh, yeah, keeps I think it guessing. works, doesn't it? Because it, yeah. it, it unsettles the uh, the batting lineup, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Okay, I think off of David Phelps. Yeah, in same. Again, yeah, yeah just um, the experience, isn't it, really? Yeah. Seven years under his belt. Again, didn't pitch in 2018. Had uh, Tommy John surgery as well. Yeah. And and 2019 was very much a rehab season for him. 37 innings pitched in about in 45 games, so he didn't get much game time. No. But hopefully, there's been no further reoccurrence of his of his injury, and uh, yeah. he should be okay for us. Prior to that, his ERA was what 3.86, was it? So yeah, this is yeah fairly good isn't it so and that was for 588 innings pitch so again it's yeah. a good sample size yeah exactly yeah so yeah I, I again likewise going with him as well okay and then my final bullpen spot and I, this was the hardest spot to fill the, yeah. the other seven i thought kind of almost filled themselves for me but yeah same. so i thought of angel podomo who i thought again has pitched quite nicely in spring training but in the end i went with ray black and we haven't seen too much of ray black since he signed from the giants but one thing I do like is a pitcher who can pitch really fast, and yeah. that's Ray Black. Yeah. Um, this guy can pitch 9,900 miles per hour. He can be erratic. He can go for runs. Yeah. But boy, he's quick. Yeah, I, I think he's he's one of the, these guys that they, they're going to try him out, see how he goes, and if, if that 99-mile-an-hour fastball comes off, then we're going to see a lot of him, and if it doesn't work, then I have a feeling he's going to get sent down and, and be replaced. But, yeah, he was, yeah, likewise for me, he looked he looked the, the best of the options, I think. Okay, so then we've got the last five to uh, to fill. So I'll go with uh, my, my second catcher there is Omar Navais, as I said, uh, for yep. the reasons stated. Won't go yep. through that again. I think I've got Luis Arias. So as a a backup shortstop, but also as a backup second base. And again, yeah. an interesting thing with with him at shortstop at San Diego, he had a DRS of minus two, so he was below average as a shortstop. But when you look at him at second base, his DRS was plus three, oh, which would okay. indicate he That's seems naturally a better second baseman than shortstop. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I'm thinking he sits there. And he's on the shoulder of Orlando Orlando Garcia as a shortstop. Yeah. He's also on the shoulder of Keston Hura if uh, if he's having issues. Yeah, no, that, that seems to make sense. Yeah, I've I've got a question mark against Durius um, uh-huh. and the fact that he should be there or thereabouts. He should be one of the 26. I think for me, Brock Holt suits the uh, 
the utility slightly better because he can play in more positions. So if we're having real mm-hmm. big problems, uh, that's why I've gone Brock Holt over Urias at the moment. But but then yeah. saying that, I left my 26 man empty because I couldn't decide. So <laughs> fair enough. I've then gone off course for Ryan Braun. I've said here in left field, he. I put I put a note here because he's clutch. Um, <laughs> yes. he's, he's one of those players who turns up and does it when you need him to. You know, but he's we know about as well, isn't he? You know, we're, we're paying him a lot of money. Of course, we're yeah. going to use him. Um, Absolutely, and, yeah. And obviously, the talk is this year that rather than him being in left field, he'll be back up left field to Yelich, and then obviously in the platoon on first base as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, th- I think he'll be used. I think um, possibly more as a as a DH when we're playing the uh, AL games as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'd he, agree with that. Yeah, yeah, he will be used. He's he's going to be a backup in the in the outfield and uh, and backup for first base. So yeah, I yeah. I've got him penciled down as well. Yeah, with an OPS of eight four nine last year, he's he, he always offers something with the bat. We know. Yeah, that. yeah, and exactly. You know the interest the interesting thing there, Mark. We spoke about left field. Ryan Braun's DRS is minus three, which surprised me a little bit. Um, and when you compare that to Christian Yelich, who's his plus one. Yeah. Again, the stats are pointing to Yelich as being a naturally better left fielder than yeah, Braun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You but know, then if you think Braun gets pints poured over him all the time, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Anyway, he's in my rotation. Of, uh, my rotation. He's in my roster, of course. He is. Yeah. Um, two more to go. I'm going to go with. So I agree with you that Brock Holt certainly makes the roster. I've got him um, in my sort of substitute list, if you like. He's yeah. a, I've got him down, penciled in for second base. I think that the the debate I had there with myself is: is it him or is it the likes of Logan Morrison? I went That's with Brock, Brock Holt in the end purely because, well, surprisingly enough, he has better defensive and offensive stats than Logan He's Morrison. Got better offense as well, Barney. Absolutely, that's surprising. So Morrison's six sixty three last year, whereas Holt seven seven one, which is not you know it's tidy. And a DRS of plus three, and Morrison's is zero. So you know, I, I was I was angling towards Brock Holt. I mean, my heart said Brock Holt anyway. Yeah. Um, but then when you look at the stats, yeah, I thought, yeah, that's uh, it gives us further cover at second base if we need it. Yeah, exactly. There could yes. be a scenario the where you yeah, there could be a scenario where you've got your ear slotting into to, um, to shortstop, and you know, you need Holt to slot into second base. So it gives yeah. us those options. Yeah. And then the last slot, then who's your last slot taken up by? I think at the moment it's going to be Arcia um, for me, but obviously yours is going to be Brock Holt. But then also we've got um, Ben Gamble as well. Yeah, I've got we? one space so, left, which is Ben yeah. Gamble for me. So and I and I think Ben Gamble obviously covers the whole of the outfield. So yes. um, you know, and, and he's, he's pretty good with the bat as well, isn't he? I think he's well liked at the Brewers. So yep. um, yeah, I, I think he's he's going to get the nod over Logan. I mean, yeah, when yeah. you look at Ben Gamble, you know his OPS is 710. But when you look at his defensive stats. As you say, he plays left, centre and right field. He tends to play more left field, but he's yeah. played plenty of games in the other two positions. And his DRS is always zero or, or above. Yeah. So he's a competent player in any of those three positions. So genuine utility there. Uh, yeah, so um, so Jed uh, Jerko doesn't get into, into no. your squad at all? Jed Jerko, no, not at the moment. He gives us options, but I can't see at the moment. I think he's been bought, bought in purely as a, a substitute if we need him. Yeah, pretty um, much. He's going to play minors and then get called up when if we get injuries or whatever. So yeah, I, I didn't go for Ryan Healy in the end either. I know you did yourself at third base. 
we spoke about Mark Matthias. We, you know, he's he's a second baseman. Yeah. He was impressive in spring training. Yeah, uh, he was. Maybe and, just and not quite his time yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they played him in outfield, didn't they, mainly? And yeah, and he, he was certainly making a name for himself, wasn't he? But mm-hmm. probably a little bit before his time. Yeah. Okay, so there are 26-man rosters. Please let us know. You can either tweet us or whatever the communication yeah. method you see fit. <laughs> let us know what you think. You can either laugh at us, you can tell us how wrong we were, you can agree with us as well, if you like. So, yeah, we'd value your opinions on that uh, as, as learned baseball fans. Okay then, Mark, so this is the moment that I think me and you have been waiting for. This yes. is through us through the ages, top trumps. Are yes. you excited? I am really excited. I can't wait to, to have a look at this. Uh, yeah, a bit of history, a little bit of a fun game. Let's get down to it. Let's get to the game. Hello guys and welcome to Brewers Through the Ages Top Trumps. So this is a feature of the podcast that me and Mark are going to put in each week. For those who understand the game Top Trumps, it's going to be pretty straightforward. What we've done is we've made it Brewers related, obviously, and we've also made it Brewers Through the Ages. So we're going to have a head-to-head game of baseball where we are picking randomly Brewers players from 1970 right the way through to 2019. So how it's going to work is we have a random number generator here. One of us will be the pitcher, one of us will be the batter. I will generate a random year and a random position, and then Mark will do exactly the same. And so we're going to pick players from the BaseballReference.com website. Then we'll have a straightforward head-to-head with their career stats, and whoever wins gets the points. So it's quite straightforward in terms of scoring. We'll be playing pitchers versus pitchers or batters, batters versus batters or positional players. If it's a pitcher, we'll be scoring things such as ERI, game started, saves, innings pitched. If it's positional players, it will be at-bats, runs, hits, RBI, stolen bases, those kind of statistics. Um, straightforward head-to-head. Now, the scoring, if I pitch four balls with no strikes, in other words, if, if Mark beats me 4-0 or the batter wins 4-0, then three runs are scored. If... Mark strikes once, he gets two runs. If he strikes twice, he gets one run. And if he strikes three times, in other words, if I get three right, then he scores no runs and the innings will be closed. So each innings can score between zero and three runs. Okay. Now, the good news is that that's the most boring part because those are kind of the rules. Hopefully, just like us, you'll understand the game more as you play it. (laughs) So without further ado, are you ready, Mark? I am ready, and Isla's ready as well. Excellent. Yes, Mark, is, <laughs> for those that obviously can't see, Mark has his beautiful daughter on his shoulder there, resting away, so uh, I think she's his lucky mascot, so we'll see yeah. how things go. Hopefully, yeah. Okay, so we're going to start proceedings. It's the top of the first. I will be pitching, so Josh Hader's hair versus UK Brew Crew, and what I'm going to do is pick my first player, so... With my random number generator, I will pick a random year. Let's see. So the random year I have been given is 2011. I shall pick that year, and then I shall pick my random... Pl- Are we playing batters or pitchers, Mark? Let's go pitchers first. going to go pitchers. Okay, right down. So I'm now going to scan down that year. Okay, yes. and my picture is... Let me randomly generate a number. Number eight. Okay, I have my player. I won't reveal who it is, Mark, until you've picked yours. Yeah, okay. okay. So, Are you all right to randomly generate I my will, number? 
I will indeed. I, will, I shall randomise you. Here we go. So your <laughs> random year is 1998. Right. So that was a losing year for us by the next of it. That could be a bad omen. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? So. And your randomly generated number is six. Okay. So I have a gentleman named Cameron Lowe. Just looking to see much about him here. Born September the 10th, 1981. No nickname. Who do you have, mate? I have a gentleman called Bob Wickman. So Bob he Wickman. Was, yeah, born in 1969. Oh, uh, same year as me. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's from Green Bay, by the looks of it. Okay, then. So because I'm the pitcher, I'm going to call the categories. Hopefully, I'm going to get three straight strikes, and I'm going to close you down straight away, but we'll see how things go. Okay, yeah, let's do it. so I'm going to play strikeouts. 357. And I have 785. Oh, dear. So That's one ball. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do, play the hand I've been dealt here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. I've got a feeling this might not go too well. Okay, I'm going to... About ERA, so the earned run average of Mr. Lowe, 4.49. And I have 3.57. I'll tell you what. I, see, I don't want I to see. play this game anymore. Yeah, That's I was going to say, you throwing the title in already. <laughs> <laughs> I have a two-time All-Star, you know. Two-time All-Star? Yeah, yeah that's what it says. So, well, uh, I think this guy I've got clearly wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Wins. 34. Yeah. 63. Oh, my life. That's three balls. This will be a walk in a moment. Okay, right. If I don't get this, then you're going to score three in your first innings, which is going to be an absolute disaster. Games. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Games, 322. And I have 835. Oh, my life. So you've walked me. Mate, I've walked you a bit. The rules of this game, that's four balls with no strikes, which gives you three in your first innings. So well done, buddy. I would say that's a pretty good start. And it was obviously I, all I, I wouldn't all agree, I but doing. there you go. <laughs> I've <laughs> already been taken off the mound, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay then. So face three batters now, then. <laughs> yeah, true. It's my turn now. Here we go. So, be yourself. I'm going to pick you a random year, and yep. your randomly generated year is 1978. Oh, that's the year I was born. Oh, wow. And I shall generate you a random number. Your random number is one. Oh, does this mean he's the best one that was there? Well, I don't know. I'm really hoping <laughs> not. Because <laughs> I need to do something here. Okay, so for me, I've got 2001. So let me pick that Milwaukee team. And my randomly generated number is number eight, which is... I have a gentleman named Chad Fox. Um, Chad Fox. Yeah, Chad Fox. Uh, born September 3rd, 1970. Coronado, California. Um, oh, right, no okay. nickname. I love baseball reference. Some of the nicknames on there are fantastic, but this guy yeah. doesn't have any nicknames. But um, no. I'm looking at his stats, and I'm getting a bit of a sinking feeling, but I, <laughs> not a problem. Yeah, like I say, I've got Mike Caldwell, um, born 22nd of January 1949, from Tarboro, North Carolina, I think. 
Yeah, Tarboro yeah. NC, yeah. NC is North Carolina, isn't it? So I believe we're gonna so. have to learn some states around the US as well now, aren't we? So, yeah. It's like a geography lesson, isn't it? It is a bit, isn't it? So um can you name all of the states, by the way? Because I certainly can't. What all fifty of them? Yeah. Uh, I can name a few, but we'll yeah. save that for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. For the tiebreaker, yeah. Um, okay, anyway, sure. so it's me to go first, isn't it? So, it is. um, so the stat that I'm going to take first is uh, innings pitched, which is uh, 2,408.2. Okay. Innings pitched, 228. That's a strike. <laughs> I think I slightly got that one. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a strike. By a Definitely a strike. Of 10. Yep. Okay. This. I might see if I can give you a little bit of a chance here then. Rather oh, than no. Go. We don't want any because charity. Finish don't want me any off. charity. Finish you off. Okay, then. So we'll go with strikeouts of 939. 262. Strike two. Strike two. Okay. Um, let's go for an ERA of 3.81. 3.79. Oh, he's got <laughs> yeah, one. Got he's got one. one. <laughs> That's one ball and two strikes. Okay, and I want to I want to see how this one works out because uh, this guy has um, 18 saves. And how many saves have you got? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Six. Six. There Strike we go. Out. That's Strike it. out. Okay. So, so you scored one. I scored none because I struck out. When you strike out, you don't get any any score at all. So, right. unfortunately for me, the bottom of the first, it's 3-0 to the UK Brew Crew. How are you feeling? Uh, quite elated. Can we stop now? <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> take, there's another 18 the minutes to go. <laughs> oh. So, uh, okay, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to get back to the podcast. But hopefully next time, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get into some training. And uh, I'm going to come back fighting. So, uh, yeah, beware next time. I'm going to speak yeah, to the oh, team yeah. and get them ready to play. <laughs> I'll be waiting for you. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay then, Mark. So I'm not going to lie to you. That wasn't exactly how I planned the uh, the first innings to no. go. No, I, it was exactly how I planned it to go, obviously, but I'm not going to gloat too much. There's a lot to go, so uh, bring on next week, eh? <laughs> there are eight innings to go. So you know exactly. what? If we're going to play innings every every podcast, this must be the longest baseball game in history. I think in it's history we've got the longest baseball game, haven't we? It's eight and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, we're, we're going for eight and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you don't mind, I want to move on to the tweets we received because I'm yeah, uh, I'm in a bit of pain at the moment, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a over it. Light relief, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So, thanks to all the guys that tweeted us. Uh, very kind of you and very well received from myself and Mark. I'm going to read out a selection of some of the, the tweets that we received last week. So, Mark, over to you. Who have we got first? Yeah. So, um, so first, yeah, Callum um, at Real Ale Sociedad um, said, great pods guys keep it up thanks for giving my fantasy re- uh, team a shout out um, and i also want to say thanks to callum for designing us a new podcast logo as well i don't know if you saw that um, yeah. on, on yeah. the uh, uk brew crew pods twitter page so yeah thank you very much callum callum you're a legend that was a great piece of work and thank you so much for doing that for us uh, yeah next we've got jill at just a bit outside uh, and jill said it was a great listen i love the enthusiasm and i think you guys have a unique perspective to offer both on the team and the sport in general 
I look forward to more. So thank you for that, Jill. Yeah, thank you, Jill. Yeah, next one was from Benji, Cornwall Benji. Uh, great pod, guys. Looking forward to the next one. Going to be the first season following along to the Brewers religiously, so can't wait to have the pod as companions through the highs and lows. And I guess he obviously sent that through before uh, everything that happened this week and everything getting, yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, obviously, we'll still follow through the highs and lows. This just happens to be a slightly different season for a change. So. Uh, then we had Kim at KCN Cola. We did listen to the fl- uh, on our flight last night. We liked it a lot. Looking forward to the next one. Go Brewers. Excellent. We were actually international. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the next one was Big C at Big C 350. Uh, enjoyed it. Thanks. One thing I would be interested to hear a little bit more about in the future pod would be the history of the Brewers. So hopefully our, um, our little game is going to give you some more of that. Um, as a relatively new fan, I'm uh, very aware of how little I know about my adopted MLB team. Uh, you and me both, mate. To be honest, I've been following the Brewers for you know, six years or so, and there is still far too much that I don't know. But, you know, we learn every day. <laughs> uh, and then Ross uh, at underscore Ross Ramsey uh, thanks Ross for answering our question uh, we asked if you remember Mark whether the Brewers had ever won three, uh, got to uh, three yes, consecutive right, yeah. post seasons yeah. and uh, yeah Ross uh, says yeah you were correct we've never made the playoffs in three consecutive seasons but if there was every year to do it it's 2020 so amen to that Ross yeah amen um, the next one uh, is from The Empire Strikes Back so that's at T-E-S-B-U-K. I believe that is a New York Yankees UK uh, podcast. Okay. So uh, nice to get some, some listeners from somebody else. So it's a nice one, lads. Interesting idea on the top trumps. So, um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully after hearing that first innings there, they'll, um, they'll be even more interested in it. <laughs> and you know what? We're happy to offer it as a franchise, Mark, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, we're not going to copyright it and try and make millions out of it. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one I've got here there is from Andy, uh, and I love I love Andy's Twitter handle. Any oh, any Red Dwarf fans out there, you can find Andy at at Reg Dwarf underscore Dwarf, uh, and he's put good podcast. Looking forward to the next one. So yeah. listen, guys, thanks thanks for the the feedback. Um, yeah, thank you. Both us, myself and Mark were really really pleased to receive that, and uh, it's just good to know that people are listening. Um, yeah. We love doing this, and uh, if you guys enjoy listening to us talk, then. Uh, then that's okay with yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. We'll carry on doing it. If, if people are in, interested, we'll carry on doing it. You know what, buddy? I think Tom's beaten us again this time round. Uh, we're going to sign off now. Um, remember, you can find Mark uh, on Twitter at UK Brew Crew. If you can find me on Twitter at Haders Hair. And of course, the podcast Twitter is at UK Brew Crew Pod. Mark, I'm going to wish you uh, a happy and healthy next week. Uh, look after yes, yourself and in these you, mate, and you. Yep. To everybody uh, out there. Stay safe and stay friendly. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.